All right guys so if you are planning to start a podcast like this of your own then you don't need any fancy equipment if that is what is stopping you because it's very easy you can do it on your mobile phone that's all that you need you just need to download this app called Anchor and then you're pretty much ready to go this podcast is being recorded on this app Anchor Okay now this podcast uh, will essentially be focusing on culture and society it's a very broad term i understand mm-hmm. now culture is 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 something which is very fascinating a lot of people talk about it all the time but what what does culture mean for you so culture for me is basically the sim- uh, it's the output of what social trends are economic trends are uh, technology increasingly technology influences and things like that and um you know for me the clearest um sort of uh, it, it is also undiscernible at a certain level because let's take one facet of culture again i'm going to be controversial um mm-hmm. human sacrifice right. right if you look at it as a culture, that is one way of starting to talk about culture right i, know. I mean that is like I mean, possibly the most controversial thing that you could have started with but but still go absolutely. on yeah absolutely but you look at it technically in the stone age mm-hmm. uh human sacrifice and cannibalism very very prevalent in the bronze age you move towards just human sacrifice but not cannibalism and in the iron age all of that goes off except mm-hmm. in parts of india and china right and the the way you see this as a sequence based on technology and economy there was a certain economy that came mm-hmm. because of bronze there was a certain economy that came because of iron and there was a certain economy that came because of stone is when columbus um, quote unquote discovers america mm-hmm. where you basically have an advanced iron age civilization meeting a stone age civilization right which still practiced human sacrifice and cannibalism like it was in asia about that 15 20 years 1000 years back so you know it's at the same time i also think society and culture are kind of cyclic in that sense you know it's a bit of a chicken and egg mm-hmm. uh we still haven't been able to break i i've not seen any writing that breaks it down very absolutely. clearly absolutely it's it's very interesting you know how much culture actually influences every single thing that we do in our lives you know right from the food we eat the clothes we wear how we interact with members of our own family how we interact with members of our own society how we interact with people in our workspaces uh and essentially it is it is geography to a very large extent which which does shape the kind of economic activities that emerge which in turn will shape the social structures that emerge from there and slowly the culture takes place now we're talking about it in the indian context you know mm-hmm. um, we are all proud of the indian culture it's 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 fascinating it's very rich and at times it can also get a little controversial mm-hmm. you know i want to start off by talking about something that you tweet about a lot mm-hmm. you talk a lot about food you yep. put out pictures tell us what is what is what fascinates abhijit ayer mitra in terms of food so see the thing about food is 
it started with my parents, with my mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. They were very liberal about booze and smokes. Like by the time I was six, we were following this sort of Italian Southern European pattern. Ki bache ko, you know, you'll give them one third a glass of wine filled with two thirds water. Okay. Because you always had it with dinner. And then every time there was Drambui or Quantro or something like that, they'd be like, Le bachi thoda sa chakli. <laughs> Your so, parents were willing to do this? Yeah, yeah. They were, they were and, okay. And, and where did you grow no, up? They, they did it deliberately. Okay. Um, all over the place. Madras, South Arcot, where we lived in Robert Clive's own house because my mom was a collector there. Mm-hmm. And that was Robert Clive's own. The wow. collector's house was Robert Clive's house. That's some history there. Yeah. Robert Clive. Yeah. Moscow, Vienna and all those places. <laughs> so the thing was, uh, they kind of got it as a device to make me not crave it and it worked mm-hmm. because i never really took to cigarettes or booze even now booze is like you know, that's interesting like, because when you say that your parents were actually willing to give you in small quantities of this mm. booze right from very young mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. so at the time when your hormones were pumping in your body when you were in your teenage you did not really crave had, you didn't think it was a coming of age to actually go out and yeah, try out no, some booze. I had absolutely no craving for booze okay. ever in my life. But apart from Cosmos. booze, what 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 is the stuff that Abhijit Ayer Mitra would want to have for his breakfast, dinner, lunch? So it starts with yeah. food. Yeah. Because my food, I was always prone to getting plump. And so they always tried controlling my food. <laughs> and I could have booze whenever I wanted, but not Coca-Cola. Okay. So my addiction became food and Coca-Cola, Fanta, uh, Mirinda, all those. Things. In those days, it used to be Gold Spot and Thumbs yeah, yeah, Up yeah. and Torino Cola and, and yeah, so exactly. many other things. Vovonto, yeah. Solo, Trio yeah. and all of that. So that was the main thing that um, got me. And of course, you know, our breakfast used to be very, very, very European. It was always... Although you grew up in Tamil Nadu, Haan, but you didn't eat Idli Vada Sambar. No. We, no. Nahin, it, You're it, disappointing me. I love Idli Vada Sambar. I, I love it too. But the thing was, that wasn't breakfast because in those days, the belief was that children should eat Okay. So it was always either fried egg hmm. or omelette hmm. or scrambled egg. Hmm. And the only way they could get me to eat it because I went through my I hate vegetables phase was um, there had to be bacon or sausages or ham or something like that on the side. Okay. So that was always breakfast. For me, breakfast was a savory breakfast, mm-hmm. except Sunday Cove when we used to have pancakes. Okay. Which, um, you know, I still wanted eggs on the side because they the fit You know, I love your fascination with eggs. But in India, food is not just a personal thing. It's also a very political thing. So I'll venture into something which is slightly controversial. Mm. Because everyone here wants to tell other people what they should eat and what they should not eat. Bilkul. Now, as part of the midday meal scheme, egg is of course given to the students yeah. in some of the schools. But you hear these noises where some of these leaders come out and say that egg should not be given. Right. So what do, you, what do you make of these people? You know, generally huh. saying because they couch their arguments in culture and religion and food habits. Do you, do you really think people should tell others mm. what they should and what they should not eat? So, so here's the thing, you know, I would be a bit of a hypocrite in this because mm-hmm. I consume a heck of a lot of beef okay. and I take a great deal of pride in eating a lot of beef just to irritate other people. Oh my God. But it's not just to irritate other people. You're getting people. into another controversy. I know, but it's, it's more the fact that, you know, I don't like cooked beef. I like my beef raw or rare, like mm-hmm. steaks done rare or carpaccio or tartar kind of thing. But at the other on the other side of the spectrum, if anybody kills a dog, mm-hmm. I keep wishing that they come under the, you know, something very bad happens to okay. them. So, um, you know, I, I don't know in my mind how to reconcile that because 
why is it okay for me to be eating something that's very dear to somebody else mm-hmm. but for me if i were given the opportunity to pass a law i'd see anybody who ate a dog executed and you know i've always thought i although let me just my... add you know there are some cultures where consuming dogs is considered not perfectly Korea. normal not Korea. i mean so, look at china indonesia yeah. thailand vietnam so they consume dogs as a matter of course uh, in north korea when we went to the dmz uh, the mm-hmm. demilitarized zone from the northern side uh, one of the things the two specialties out there are dog soup and chicken whole chicken cooked with ginseng right now ginseng tastes horrible so i didn't i could <laughs> eat the chicken but um the dog meat soup i just tried to at least have a sip of it did you have dog meat soup i did not did i just not. couldn't bring myself to eat mm-hmm. it it was like that in vietnam i want to go try snake but then i've had snakes as pets you see okay. so i've had bears dogs cats and snakes as pets and i just can't bring myself to eat them so i wanted to eat it okay but then i just couldn't bring myself to even so what is it. the most exotic dish that you've had i've had So see here's the thing I'm not because what is exotic let's let's be honest because this is how funny culture actually makes mm. the way that we look at <laughs> things you know in in cultures like like for instance you said north korea dogs are eaten as a matter of course yeah. there are these dog meat festivals that are held in china yeah. but here in india yeah. anyone talks of dog meat and people are horrified yeah except in right? the northeast except in the northeast yeah. except in the northeast but then there are also cultures where cockroaches are eaten mm-hmm. there are places where rats are eaten yeah. bats are eaten it's right. become a big controversy yeah. so when you look at it from the perspective of culture this yeah. is what conditions you it makes you look at certain things as food it makes you look at certain things as look it is taboo to eat it absolutely right so how how do you think these things come uh, emerge in a society so i don't know how it emerges in a society but i like to think of myself as being fairly open minded So for example when i was growing up as a kid we would never offal would never be served to us so no brains no liver or kidney no some um, people would say that brains are an absolute delicacy and when i tried it for the first time i am now addicted to brains and paya and liver mm-hmm. and kidney right okay um anytime there's brain on the menu i'll order brain okay but okay and there's a big but uh i've tried rats i've mm-hmm. tried uh insects in thailand rats i had roasted rat in the uh, uh the um uh, koravakara community in mm-hmm. tamil nadu you know they mm-hmm. roast yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, i think it's the musahar community i don't know I what it is i forget the name but, but they, anyway, do, uh, they do consume uh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, i've tried it and you know i'm convinced there's a reason that all cultures only eat chicken mutton or lamb i mean technically yep. we eat goat we don't eat sheep so it's mm-hmm. chevron or mm-hmm. lamb uh beef and pork because those are the only animals that actually taste good right okay. plus ducks and geese and it's possibly like easier to you know raise them in such huge quantity yeah. they're not yeah. they're also easy on the eye they look fairly they sanitized are, and we we are happy with them good they taste good okay i can tell you rats taste like absolutely nothing Right I've tried guinea pig I've tried fried guinea pig in Ecuador mm-hmm. it tastes like nothing I'm like eating it I'm waiting for the flavor to come through I'm like bhai ye kya de raha hai mujhko <laughs> it's like you know why why I mean why am I even eating this there's no flavor sensation that I'm getting yeah uh So it, it's just bizarre because mm-hmm. you know the first time for example I tried reindeer meat which was mm-hmm. in Russia at the Siberian restaurant I was like holy crap this is good Yeah. Right. So I won't say I'm close-minded flavor-wise. Mm-hmm. I can kind of say what's good, what's not. But then you have really weird ass crap. Like you know that um, rotten um uh fish 
fermented fish that they have in Sweden on um, the new uh, on the summer's uh, eve, it actually tastes good. You can't when it when the can is opened, mm-hmm. it stinks so bad, but it tastes like blue cheese when you have it wow. on toast. That's interesting. On the other hand, those goat dung preserved eggs in goat Norway. Goat dung preserved eggs. Okay, that's something. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, why would anyone want to eat them? Or rotten shark? I've never had rotten shark meat, mm-hmm. but. They eat rotten shark meat in Iceland. Yep, in some places. Why? So no, that's it's, possibly it's their culture, and it's difficult for you to actually yeah. give a value judgment on yeah. what is consumed in another culture True. without actually you know being in that culture for some time. Mm. Uh, so we've spoken a lot about food. I'm, I'm pretty sure that our audience, which is listening to us, uh, I am Mohammed Saleh in conversation with Abhijit Ayer Mitra. So we're recording this podcast on the Anchor app of Spotify. And just in case you also want to record something like this, you can download the Anchor app on Spotify because it's very easy to record and then broadcast um, podcasts such as this. So, Vijit, you know, this this is a discussion that we'll continue to have because food fascinates everyone. Mm-hmm. But the other thing of culture is architecture. You step into a place, you know, someone who is as well-traveled as you are, you immediately look at the architecture of a place. You come to Delhi, you look at the buildings and they are fascinating. You go to, uh, let's say, for instance, Madurai, you look at some of the temples there, they're beautiful. You look at the architecture that is there in Mumbai. And I'm just talking about places just here within India. Uh, what is your take on architecture? And then we'll also talk about a bit of controversy that you got into for some of your comments. Of course. Okay. So I've always held that, you know, the Western Mediterranean core, which is to say Egypt, um, the Levant, so mm-hmm. uh, Syria and the cultures that came about there, and Europe mm-hmm. are the only ones that actually have architecture. Right. You are not um, earning yourself many friends by saying this. I know, I because know. Because people go to the Taj Mahal and they say Taj that Mahal, they are captivated by Yeah, but Taj Mahal is Islamic architecture which originates from that region. Uh, it's part it's of the... Persian to an extent. It's, it is it's Indo, Byzantine Persian, which was part of the Western It's Indo-Islamic. Core. And really. no one could have no. built it outside of India. They didn't build it in the Levant. They didn't do it in I Syria. They built it in India. I disagree with that completely. So I was very impressed with uh, the Taj Mahal when I saw it. But you know, the funny thing was, I was much more... That was modelled on the, on, on the lines of how Humayun's tomb is in fact built. Exactly. And you go it, there, it was an extension of it. It's lovely. It's nice. Yeah. But then, you know, when you go to places like, say, uh, the mosque that Timur built in uh, Samarkand, Samarkand, or especially the uh, what used to be the Shahi Mosque in Isfahan, mm-hmm. but now it's called the Imam Khomeini Mosque yeah. in Isfahan. Yeah. But you go there and then you see it's not that big an architectural achievement after all. Right. Mm. The architecture in the Taj lies in its symmetry. Yep. It got the symmetry just it's perfect. breathtaking. I mean, right. you look at it yeah. from, from a distance and you're astounded yeah. with just the beauty of the lines Absolutely. that have been used. But this is why I believe that there were only two cultures that had architecture in India. Mm-hmm. And that was one, the Muslims, and the second were the British. There is Again, no you're not thing as earning yourself many friends because many people who turn around and say that, look, I mean, the history of India is a 5,000-year-old history. And if you were to go to some of these... Um, you know, forts that are there in Rajasthan and some of these gorgeous temples in Tamil Nadu in the south. Mm -hmm. And if you were to go to Hampi, I mean, uh, we may have a certain, certain, certain predilection, a propensity to like certain things. 
but that does not mean what we don't like is not good absolutely so i use very very strict principles for measuring what, what are your principles so in terms of architecture it's internal volume okay or external symmetry mm-hmm. right so for example the earliest form of external symmetry is the tomb of hatshepsut in egypt mm-hmm. which is you know it kind of laid the foundations for the modern bauhaus and all modern architecture including modern fascist italian architecture which was mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. teen lines all derive imagine from a 3500 year old mortuary temple in egypt right number one number two you know one of the reasons i realized why india has a great fort culture is when you go to the great wall of china mm-hmm. so for a lot of people oh my god it's the great wall of china but then i've like seen jaipur <laughs> jaisalmer uh, jodhpur and all of that and you're like bhai ye kahan laaye ho mere ko ye yeah. to bas so thoda sa just a wall yeah it's just a wall it's a very long wall it's you can see from wall. space but even there you see the problem there is when were all these forts built around the 1500 1600s and all of that and they were already obsolete by the time they were built they were all built in the gunpowder age and none of yep. them were actually designed possibly by the 10th century onwards yes because yeah. by the time the siege weapons came in the style of warfare changed it was changed. no longer about having a fortress and dominating the landscape it was about going out and conquering exactly them. right so it for me you know military architecture has to serve a purpose it can mm-hmm. be a pretty fort like the red fort is a pretty fort but in that day and age spending that many crores building a completely useless fort mm-hmm. and you know this was at a time when leonardo da vinci had started off the star fort design which mm-hmm. is still probably very very important in terms of fortification right um it just doesn't match up you know shah jahan was looking at you know residents to sit, stay in delhi and he 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 had shifted his yeah. capital from delhi from agra to delhi at that time and he wanted to you know have a huge palatial but, but come again, fortress kind of a structure but see again the thing and we is, love it even today i mean that is where you know it it has become in many ways a symbol of india's sovereignty uh, yeah. no 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 it's it's become a symbol of india's obsolescence and intellectual rot the prime minister it is independence day address has to give his address to the nation from there yeah which is why we're still a third world country oh no no um, no not many people would agree with that okay but we are uh, we may be a third world country we started from there huh, we're but, but we are but we are making strides huh. but see here's the thing in a sense you know the bibi ka maqbara which aurangzeb tried to replicate the taj mahal mm-hmm. and it turned out to be inferior in all respects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me architecture that's out that's trying to duplicate something that was done before isn't really architecture that's true. so it's yeah. internal volume plus its social relevance or mm-hmm. its functional relevance at any given point of time mm-hmm. i still don't understand you have these amazing modern churches mm-hmm. which are stunning architecturally or the matri mandir in um, pondicherry mm-hmm. that's an absolutely stunning representation of hinduism internally yeah and yet people insist in insist on building cement temples that look like the mother aminakshi coil and things like that you're like <laughs> no, why why is it really because now listen to this the mother aminakshi temple is beautiful it is gorgeous it is a symbol of a certain time and era mm. that is imprinted on the minds of people and this is what mm. culture does mm. and culture makes you remember it rem- makes you remember the grandeur yeah. and and that is what it is i mean you go to those temples in in the south 
and the cholas built some fascinating temples they are breathtaking to look at they did and so see the chora temples are unique in the sense that they achieved something that the pharaohs never meant to achieve mm-hmm. uh, which is you have a huge amount of internal volume correct and the chamber the sort of sanctum, in, sanctum, in, in, yeah. in the came uh, yeah but in their case it was the burial chamber for the pyramids yeah it couldn't withstand the weight so it had to be put somewhere near the almost near the top correct that's it's middle to top yeah. right here they managed to achieve massive uh upper volume with a sanctum sanctorum at eye level at ground the level, bottom yeah. right so there is architectural something very special architecturally yeah. to that on the other hand you look at the azteca maya temples or the sumerian ziggurats mm-hmm. it's you build a mountain and you put a little hut yeah. literally a hut on top of that for me see that isn't architecture because it's also out of its times it's technologically mm. obsolete okay madurai meenakshi again see that shift that's the shift in architecture where the gopuram is on top of the sanctum sanctorum mm-hmm. to four gopurams on the gates mm-hmm. where the sanctum sanctorum is actually much smaller okay so again see for me a lot of it is i love technology for me everything is looking at things in anthropological terms and technological evolution I don't see that happening in Indian architecture. You know, we'll we'll talk a bit about technology in just a bit, but before that, you know, we can't talk to Abhijit Ayer Mitra without talking to him about the controversy that he got into. You went to prison for it. What were you thinking when you were at the Konark Temple? It is such an important and a holy site. The fact that there is erotic art in temples and in other places of worship is fairly well known. What was going through your mind at that time? Look, I thought it was really funny, all right? Come on, it was funny. I mean, look. Oh my god. Humple sounds really funny. It may sound funny for people who perhaps don't have any piety associated with the place. You are going to a place where a lot of people go and 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 hope yeah, to connect with God. And and this is so bizarre. I mean yeah but see I've never had I'm an atheist right okay I have no time for religion that's interesting yeah I mean I identify as a Hindu culturally mm-hmm. because there's the Chalukya okay. school which is basically an atheist school yeah yeah you can be an but atheist and you can be a Hindu, Hindu that's that's yeah, perfectly but fine I have no time I'm very suspicious of religion I'm very uncomfortable with religion I try to stay away from it as far as possible mm-hmm. so you know I accept that other people's sensibilities might have gotten hurt mm-hmm. but for me it was hilarious okay yeah all right interesting and, but see, look one of the things i'm always very proud about is how mm-hmm. how open we were about sex yeah right that is it's, true that uh, is so important and you know indians were so open minded yeah, we've had yeah, yeah. treatises that were written about sex we've had something like kama sutra that was written in the 4th century ad i mean and then we we've now come to a stage where people don't want to talk about it openly yeah and the censor board bans it and the censor board bans it so the censor board is a completely different institution altogether i don't know why we even have it but but, but possibly but look, it's there th- that that was the satire in it because i was mm-hmm. also making a social statement out there mm-hmm. that why is it that indians uh 6 uh, 7000 1000 years back we're so comfortable discussing sex because you know temple was also a learning thing the mm-hmm. kids used to go there they used to see these things and like today they probably go and say papa papa ye kya hai is this yes right <coughs> uh, so there was that social function there mm-hmm. 
And we've gotten to a stage where we don't want to talk about it anymore, where every mother is convinced that a 26-year-old son living at home mm, is they a find out sada sada bachcha who has never had... No, 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 some of them actually yeah. think my child has never had sex. Why are you doing this? No, they actually believe that. They actually believe that. And they don't even have an... See, if you're staying with your parents in, yeah. in, in Europe or America, you move out of your house yeah. at an early age mm-hmm. and you explore yourself. Here, mm-hmm. there's no room for exploration mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't have a concept of privacy as such. We don't have a developed That's concept true. of That's private true. space and privacy in India. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you know, th- this, this is something we really need to look at as to why is it that it became something dirty for us, mm-hmm. uh, dirty or uh, not talk about. But... You know, there's also no. It's all over there. I mean, let's let's. We may not want to talk about it, but mm. it's all there. It's 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 a part of our culture. Possibly the Victorian prudishness. It it somehow put a mm. curtain on things about which we were earlier very open about. Now let's, for instance, talk about you know Valentine's Day because mm. Valentine's Day has just happened, and we have these great, fantastic organizations who will go. You know, they'll they'll beat up any boy and girl they are roaming around. Mm. What what's your take on it? Should Valentine's Day be allowed in India? Is it part of Indian culture? Because we are talking about culture. You know, we can't not talk about Valentine's Day, which is such a huge rage. Look, I have no issues with anybody celebrating any kind of day. Hmm. Now, I also accept that as a social, this thing, you might not want certain things celebrated. For example, do you want to celebrate, say, um, uh, I don't know, Kisi Cheese Ka Tordna Day, Babri Masjid Day, for example. Oh my God, okay. You no, that is like, you know, so that's it's, celebrating it's a, social, a crime. Exactly. The Supreme but Court so, called so it. So this is a yeah. social narrative hmm. of celebration. So here we are talking about but love. I agree. So here's the thing. My issue with all these groups that oppose Valentine Day is, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful day that celebrates love. Yes, it is. What do they do? There's two streams of thought that seek to delegitimize it. A, they say it's Western. Dusra, they bring up St. Valentine himself, who had a very, very unsavory history. Yeah. But here's my issue. Why don't you come up with a counter-culture event? Achha, you know, you counter ideas with ideas. Achha, agar agar Radha Krishna is a beautiful concept. It's... Because, you know, why is he called, why is he not called Satyabama Krishna? So, mm-hmm. you know, in the South, you have this thing, you identify the man by his wife's name, right? In, so, in some cultures, that, yeah. that's the matriarchal system, exactly. especially in Kerala. So, why, and some is, why is it not Satyabama Krishna or Rukmini Krishna? Why is mm-hmm. it always Radhe Krishna? Mm-hmm. Right? It's because she had no expectations from him. Mm-hmm. She was married to somebody else. There was no expectations. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that. But come up to... You don't counter ideas with thugs going out on the streets with cricket bats. That's true. You counter ideas with ideas. Mm-hmm. You don't like a Western idea of Valentine's Day. TK, I'm fine with you not liking it. I'm fine with you not wanting to encourage its celebration. But then come up with some counterculture to it. So, for example, the joke then was in Madras, there was this thing, we are not going to celebrate Christmas and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. So I decided one day, this was in college in mm-hmm. Madras. So I decided one day to go as Father Pongal with a lungi, <laughs> with a beard and all of that, distributing sugar, because yeah. it's Pongal, it's yeah, sugar Pongal cane. Pongal is all about sugar cane. Come up with some counterculture. Yeah. Now, why is it the, all of this based on this inferiority complex of cribbing? 
नेगेटिव 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 कम अप समथिंग पॉजिटिव ये बड़ी इंटरेस्टिंग बात बोली आपने सम ऑफ द ऑपोजिशन टू वैलेंटाइन डे इज बिकॉज ये पाश्चात्य कल्चर ये हमारी संस्कृति नहीं है ये बाहर से संस्कृति आई है इसलिए हम इसका विरोध करेंगे लेकिन बाहर से तो बहुत कुछ आ रहा है बाहर से तो टेक्नोलॉजी आ रही है बाहर से तो आपका स्मार्टफोन आया है है ना बाहर से आपके जीन्स पैंट आया वो भी फटा हुआ उसमें भी संस्कारी स्टाइल उतना फटा हुआ जीन्स आ रहा है तो आपको क्या लगता है ये जो जो दिस दिस हैबिट दैट वी नाउ गॉड इन टू यू नो वेयर एनीथिंग दैट इज नॉट इंडियन वी विल नॉट accept it but in a globalized world you really can't stop anything ideas goods people they keep moving around so this is the thing i want them to define what is it that makes them accept certain things from the west like hmm. air conditioners or tvs but not easy to ban nahi karenge easy to ban nahi karenge itni garmi mein kabhi kabhi nahi bolenge ki western concept never, hai never never so what is the first principles hmm. they never come from a first principles thing it's always somebody has a gripe hmm. therefore they will go against something but you see i think it's very interesting to note the way india and a large part of the islamic world go which is always looking back at the past for hmm. validation yeah. be it ram rajya here or the rashidun caliphate in islam hmm. as opposed to say europe or america which have no time for the past no they are also waiting they're for always... the second arrival of christ there no, are some that, cultures that's, i mean yeah that's let's, some, let's, let's let's not let that, them off that's the not, hook that's not that's not cultural That's, that's religious. Cultural, that's religious. That's religious. Culturally, have you mm. ever seen anybody in Europe or America say, "This is how we built Saint Peter's, therefore this is how a new church is"? No, that's also possibly yeah. because no. Uh, the reason why I'll not Socially. agree with you here mm. is is because you know the West has this image that it projects to us. Hollywood gives us this image, and people go to America and they are extremely disappointed. कि Hollywood में जो दिखाया था वैसे तो बिल्कुल है ही नहीं यहाँ पे, हाँ. So you know we have this image. We know what mm. India is like, mm. but then you look at the West. It has its own problems there because there. there are yeah. there are there are museums which say that you know earth started about 6000 years ago and the children mm. of adam were playing with dinosaurs yeah. so this is something that they want to sell as a hard fact of history absolutely right so in india also we've got these obscurantists right. but they are there all over the place and it's important that we differentiate between you know what is actually your scientific rational way of looking at your past mm-hmm. and at yourself mm-hmm. than these religious cultural interpretations of the past except when that religious cultural interpretation becomes the dominant discourse yep. right and this is what you see in post industrial societies they always look to the future they never piche kya hua tha they use some of it they to use kind of link it which you have to in mm-hmm. uh, any culture because that's the yep. basis of your imagined identity right that's mm-hmm. what creates a nation state but it's always looking ahead here hum abhi bhi history theek karne mein phase hue and things mm-hmm. like that I think it is a sign of social ossification and I worry about it sometimes because see we we don't go past it everybody's mm-hmm. stuck in history it's mm-hmm. not like you know that the right only does this history thing yep. it's also the left that completely obsesses over history right as opposed to say even the soviet union mm-hmm. they fixed history and mm-hmm. then it was all now look forward now look forward now look forward Mm. Uh there there is and I think it has a lot to do with industrialization the problem mm-hmm. is india still hasn't industrialized properly mm-hmm. uh in uh most of the middle east what you see is you see the symptoms of industrialization without having gone through the pain of industrialization no they are in a different kind of they, a churn all together exactly. i mean the problem with them has been yeah. that because they got their oil wealth mm. they never actually struggled against their government so exactly. they never thought that that was needed but now that is now going to change over the course of the next 30 40 years where you'll see a lot of turbulence over it and yeah. and to a certain extent america will also lose its interest in the middle east once they lose their oil importance so mm. that that that's going to be a very interesting 
interesting region to again yes. look out for. Mm. So if you're joining us on this podcast, I am Mohammad Saleh. I'm in conversation with Abhijit Ayer Mitra. We're discussing uh, the issue of culture and society and how society shapes culture and how, how culture shapes societies. So uh, Abhijit, you know, we've been having this long conversation about the many facets and the contradictions of what culture is and, you know, how each individual tries to root himself in a certain culture, right? Uh, but with industrialization, but with the advancement of technology, especially technology now that's changing things, mm-hmm. a lot of people are now scared of their culture. Unko lagta hai ki hamara culture danger mein hai. The mm-hmm. other dominant culture <coughs> from abroad, it's now going to come and sweep all over us mm-hmm. and therefore we should protect our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, in an increasingly globalized world, is this a even a possibility that people can, you know, try retain something that they believe is is of their own, or or should we be looking at a world where everyone has access to everything, where everyone should ideally be allowed to accept whatever culture they want? What what is your take on this? So you know, for me, it's more than technology. It's the technology-driven social media thing that I find has really brought this about. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with social media is. It's destroyed the center. Before there used to be a center which wasn't bogged down either by an inferiority complex or by a persecution complex. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in social media, it always gets hijacked by the extremes. Right. And that then becomes the dominant discourse. So before, let me give you a simple example. Before what no, you're saying happened, something <coughs> which is very interesting on social media, which which really has broken barriers because now everyone has access to social media. Yeah. Everyone has access to Twitter, Facebook, or whatever means that they want to you know put out their ideas in. So it is not a one-way communication, <coughs> and you know it's not like one person who has this power mm. who's who's telling you what to do. You can talk back, and that's what a lot of people are doing on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Look, there is the democratization of the debate, mm-hmm. but there's also the hijacking of the debate. So social yeah. media does two different things. Let me give you a simple example, a tangible example on the ground, because mm-hmm. I mostly deal with security. I'm going to, it's going to be a security example. You have to bring in something to do with security. You love this defense I analyst to, tag. Okay. Because I'll tell Go you on. why. Defense in many ways starts predicting society before society itself realizes what's happening. Okay. And the seed of this was Al-Qaeda, which used mm-hmm. to recruit through the dark web. Okay. In those days, if you had a crazy loony extremist in a village, they'll all be like, ye to pagla hai, baat karega, niklo mm. se put, uh, ye kar dete the. What Al-Qaeda started doing was they started using the dark web for every lunatic to find every other lunatic mm. and then create a very dangerous core which then started capturing mm. things. You've seen this most la- uh, lately happen with ISIS, which then became morphed out of nowhere in a very short period of time and then took control of... You know, some people who would look at it, they would also say that, you know, predominantly organizations like the Al-Qaeda, the Mujahideen, mm-hmm. they were all originally were, were the creations of the no, CIA no, 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 because see, the CIA no, had no, no, to prop no, them up. We're, we're confusing two different things. We're talking about extremism hmm. versus the effect of technology. Hmm. Al-Qaeda and ISIS follow a very specific trend Mm -hmm. but here's the funny thing Mm. all of us on social media Mm. are actually following the al-qaeda isis trend in that sense we're not really different because what happens is we each find our micro communities because you know a nation is an imagined community Mm -hmm. we find you know i want you to repeat that again a nation is an imagined community and and here we've got this concept that's come back in such a way that, that people are losing their cool and are breaking their friendships over yeah, 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 yeah. their 
perceive differences in, in the way they perceive the nation which which never used to happen which never used to happen yeah. no there could be differences but you would not come to an extent where they would say ki look i would not be friends with you because you no Bilkul. longer believe in the kind of nation that i believe Bilkul. in and this and, what, and why do you think this is social media social has media does done. because what happens is before hmm. you it was very tough for you to find somebody whose public statements exactly matched yours it was going to parties it was meeting people at social events here you can proactively search for somebody who actually matches you mm-hmm. then you form that core group which mm-hmm. then beca- becomes this sort of um you know it becomes like a black hole that starts yeah. sucking everything else into it and that's what you see in all these groups either economic conservatives hmm. social conservatives the indian right the indian uh, socially liberal fiscally conservative right which is very small by the way right. or the indian um social conservative economic communist right so called mm-hmm. right uh they all have their micro communities they all have their echo chain the left similarly yeah. has its own this yeah. thing and here's the problem you can't survive on social because social media has now become your primary source because it's democratized everything yeah. it is your pri- now you have news stories based on what people tweeted That before twitter used to be your what president the strongest president in the yeah. world i mean he is in the news only because of what he tweets, tweets. he puts out a photograph of exactly. him without a shirt and he says take a look at this beautiful chest right. and or, that becomes the number one trending picture or sonam kapoor is on the news because of what she put up on instagram uh huh right so what happens is you're seeing this very um sort of extreme core in each thing mm-hmm. create this community and then they have all the followers around them yeah and that's never good because you see across the world there is, there, there are two trends that are that keep repeating themselves the decline of religion mm-hmm. has brought about the increase in political correctness as a form of social control do you think religion has declined absolutely in the west it is i think it it's 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 as as bad as ever and political uh, political no, in the indian context i mean we are getting more even in the indian context and very touchy about it you know? even in the indian context Hmm. uh the touchiness is as a um, sort of pushback yaar tumne mere bare mein aise bol diya mere religion ke bare mein to main tumhare religion ke bare mein aise bolunga ha wo to kuch lagta hai but see it hmm. there's also political correctness thing coming in in the, because you know india exists in two different centuries yeah. urban in many, india many is many in the 21st yes. century rural india is the 13th century theek hai idhar hmm. delhi mein baith ke main beef kha sakta hu main bahar 40 km rotak ja ke dadri mein aap chale jaoge to wahan par wo main beef khata hu bhai sab aake tumko that is an extension of our culture because yeah. this this is you know of going to be a debate of our lifetimes mm-hmm. as to how politics in fact will be shaped by social media and how all of this will go but because you brought up the name of sonam kapoor you know i want to talk a bit about movies although mm-hmm. we'll talk about politics just a bit in just a bit mm-hmm. but tell me i mean what kind of an influence does does the film industry have on you are you a big fan of films i mean do you watch a lot of films I watch a lot more serials than I do films. Okay. Uh because I With think, serials. Um so Homeland. Okay. Um 
you know, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. The, the last season was rubbish, so I oh stopped God. watching that. Uh, Falda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I watch a lot of stuff, but mostly it's either sci-fi, thriller, horror. Those are my genres. Sci-fi, thriller, horror. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, interesting. That's very diverse. People who watch possibly horror may not watch sci-fi. Do you watch rom-coms? Um, not really. Romance I don't like romance. Oh, come I don't on. like romance is the um, most beautiful thing that you can think of in the world. It's a thrill. It's 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 beautiful. Look, and it's a chemical reaction in your head. It's That's a how pure funny it is. chemical reaction. That's <laughs> it. It's your pheromones being yeah. secreted at an extra high level and in your brains. That's all that is happening. Dilka is me koi kusur nahi hai, but people write poetries and novels and they make movies about love. Huh. So I have no time for that. Okay. I think it's the most. अगर कोई शायरा करने लग जाता है about प्यार, दिल विल, प्यार व्यार and all of hmm. that, I'm like, भाई, thank you very much. मैं इस कमरे से निकल रहा हूँ. मेरे को कुछ और करना है. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd much rather be on Grinder and Tinder and things like that rather hmm. than being doing stuff like ये शायरा पढ़ो, मिर्जा गालिब का या ये कालिदास का कविता पढ़ो. यार hmm. I've read Kumar Sambhava. Now hmm. I, I had to endure it. Okay. I did not enjoy it. I had to endure it in uh, Sanskrit class. Okay. ठीक है ना सो आई एम नॉट इन टू पोएट्री एट ऑल आई डोंट डू रोमांस आई डोंट डू कॉमेडी आई डोंट डू ड्रामा आई डोंट डू सैड मूवीज लाइक इफ आई नो आई एम गोइंग टू स्टार्ट डोंट डू सैड मूवीज हाँ सो इफ आई नो समथिंग ऑन बी अ ट्रेजिडी काइंड ऑफ थिंग आई एम लाइक यार मेरे को देखना नहीं है ये सब बकवास Now Hollywood has become hyper hyper specialized, right? Okay. Once upon a time, uh, when you used to take these cruise ships, the Titanic or whatever, right up to the thirties, forties, even up to the fifties, the most common form of entertainment used to be these variety entertainment shows. Mm-hmm. They were neither terribly funny nor okay. were they terribly artistic nor were they terribly romantic. but it was just done to keep everybody amused okay and that's what a hindi movie is it's a mm-hmm. leftover figment of a 1920s to 1960s genre of variety entertainment of um possibly decent dancing possibly decent music mm-hmm. flashes of brilliance here and there okay. but generally it's a celebration of mediocrity you are being unsparing in your criticism of bollywood which enthralls audiences across india lots of people would say that they Every weekend, go to a cinema to watch a movie. What do you think of this trend? Because Indians are watching more movies than ever before in the past. Yeah. What are you? It's also dumbing down society. You know, like you look at the quality of discourse today. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up in Delhi as a kid. Like growing up, I'm used the yeah. term loosely. It was about yeah, two, yeah. three years maximum. <laughs> the kind of conversations we used to have mm-hmm. because it was a literate society. It was all about reading. and um the kind of conversations you used to have they were a completely different caliber even in school mm-hmm. in dps mathura road that i used to go to hmm. the kind of conversations i used to have with my classmates were of a different caliber aajkal hmm. it's all about oye tune sonam kapoor ka dress dekha oye balle balle usne to uska balle balle kar diya us oh, picture wow. mein blah blah whatever 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 i'm like what what is this nonsense my cousins who come out of the same school from the same social strata from the same this thing I'm like I can't sit and listen to you. You you're talking such dumb crap. Mm. Like you know, grow up. But Now I know what kind of friends you have. People do who don't watch movies, defense magazines, पढ़ते हैं, and that that is it. No no, I have lots of friends. Huh? I right. also have picture friends. I have lots That's of right. friends in the film community because okay. I have to admit to you, like mm. two of I'm two of my three of my favorite film actors, mm. um, Ravina Tandon, mm. uh, Madhuri Dixit. Okay. And Kushbu. Wow. Um, you know Kushbu? She's yeah, a Tamil movie actress. I huge. love Kushbu. Oh, wow. And you know why? Because all my favorite Tamil songs or Hindi songs. That's right. 
these guys have uh, well done mm. uh, picturized it Achha. so it's it's one of those things i really 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 so love. which is your favorite song and will you sing it for us no chhoda ek do do line are itna to ho hi sakta hai culture ki baat kar rahe hain i mean what could be more high culture than a song so my favorite song thode loves hi bol dijiyega ha but see th- this isn't about the high hai. culture this was about the intonation and the replication of a rural genre mm-hmm. which was in khushboo sundar's movie and okay. it was called kotempak where she dances okay. with sharath kumar uh-huh. and goes something like this kotempak see see the nasal intonation that was very important out there yeah. it's that entire sort of rural genre coming out there so kotempak koyambu vetale potavai chavako Machaniyo, machini nano, setatul parakon. It's a very suggestive song, uh-huh. but it's beautiful in the way. Lovely. Uh, maybe not the words, but the mm-hmm. whole language that's used. Mm-hmm. Even the musical genre that's used. It's it's very Tamil folksy rural. Right. brought into mainstreamed into a movie genre which i really enjoyed about that plus the pictureization was really good and kushbu is a great dancer she she is a phenomenal dancer she yeah. was a brilliant brilliant actor so if you're just tuning in we are in conversation with abhijit ayer mitra this is the earth original podcast i am mohammed saleh and we're discussing a whole host of different issues with abhijit we've been speaking about food about music and about how a lot of things are impacted in terms of culture now talking about popular culture and also about cinema you know some of the movies that have come up of late uh, this is something that a lot of people have said that they these are historical dramas mm. they they dwell on on some of these aspects i'm talking about movies such as padmavat about tanha ji and about a whole host of these varieties which which have this plot of of a historical time period uh they may not exactly rely on historical facts but but they are being brought out people are learning history i mean that's unfortunate they're not reading it from the history books yeah. they're learning it from the what what's your take on them so um i took a korean friend he wanted to watch padmavat which is mm-hmm. why i went and watched padmavat and i loved it because mm-hmm. the sequence was really good i knew there okay. was a lot that was wrong historically about it possibly no historically it had very little Exactly. Uh, very little to say about it because a lot of yeah. people have questioned it. Padma, what he even she existed. existed. So that was the question mark there. They had to change right. the name of the movie from Padmavati to Padmavat before it was released. Yeah. But uh, what what is your perception on this kind of cinema and in the way that it is shaping the society? Look, positive and negative, and I'll tell you why. It's positive when somebody gets. thrilled by this mm-hmm. to go start reading up and watching things mm-hmm. so my whole love of history started because of two movies right mm-hmm. 10 commandments and cleopatra wow okay. uh, 10 commandments got me into ancient egypt mm-hmm. to such an extent that i actually used to go to archaeological digs in egypt and actually learned up i used to spend my summer vacation well one summer vacation mm-hmm. in an archaeological dig in egypt and actually started learning ancient egyptian right mm-hmm. um i've forgotten all of it now because i didn't keep yeah. up with it and then i went to another excavation in uh, peru and spent a summer vacation digging up moche ruins kind of thing out there and one more do is digging up byzantine coins um, in turkey but um so that's what inspired me to do that and i used to be crazed about the roman legions right. because you know this whole sequence in cleopatra when alexandria is being attacked mm-hmm. when all of these guys form the tortuga the turtle formation mm-hmm. of the legions yeah, yeah. Plus, I was also reading Asterix and Obelix, which was all Roman legends. So, see, mm. I got 
it got me so deep into history that I started, I learned Latin just so that I could go read original that's, works. That's remarkable. Yeah. You know, taking so much effort, learning an entire language just to know more about history. But you know, days. learning Latin from an Indian language, say mm-hmm. from Bengali, which is almost kind of 90% Sanskrit, right. learning Latin becomes really easy. Like you read the the Gallic, uh, the Bello Gallicos, so yeah, the, the Gallic Wars, Wars by yeah. Julius Caesar. It is so easy. If you speak English, because mm-hmm. English has so much yeah. Latin in it, you can actually understand it. Kabi page mein do teen baar yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, dictionary kholna padta hai uske liye. Thik hai na? Um, on the other hand, there are the people who will watch a movie, mm-hmm. go home and think that's history. That's history. Which is the and worst that's so thing wrong. And do. then they'll also read these WhatsApp forwards that they get. Exactly. And they'll believe that this is what has happened. Exactly. So let me give you one of the negative connotations of this. Mm. And one of the reasons I hate, uh, I hate a lot about, but not entirely Bollywood, mm-hmm. but hate a lot about it. Um, when I landed up first in Australia, you know, in those days I used to have hair. Oh, so God. I had to go every month to get a haircut done. And what happened you was... You still will need to get your haircut done wherever there's time for it. Yeah. But anyway. So this lady was like... Um, and you become friends with your barber yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my barber, she was like, look, you're Indian. I'm like, duh, mm. yeah. Um, you're just fine to talk to. So I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be fine oh. to talk to? She's like, no, there's this Indian guy who's coming and really creeping me out. Oh my God. He keeps okay. coming every evening, staring at me through the window. Mm. And he's like, oh, when's your birthday? So I told him when my birthday was. And he's like, I'll come and give you a, uh, give you the opportunity to give me a special haircut on your birthday. I mean, who even says that? But anyway, she was This guy must be a out. weirdo. Yeah. No, it wasn't. What, what, what so was you know, his what, what happened was she wanted to get her no. boyfriend to beat him up. And what happened was that... Listen, she should have called the down. police. No, no, no. no. So it, it was getting there. It was yeah. getting there. So I was like, let me have a chat with yeah. this guy. So he mm. came as estimated yeah. by around mm. 4 p.m. I'm like, look, buddy, let's go out and have a coffee. Mm. And I spoke to him. And you know, this guy was from... Rur- I forget, it was either Patiala or Ludhiana, the outskirts, okay. the rural area yeah. outside. And his thing was that this is how he had seen white women being portrayed in Hindi movies. Right? He... Um, if she talks to you, she's interested in you and then it blossoms into a love story. He yeah. genuinely thought he had something going on with this woman. So there was a great deal of social awkwardness. The boy was actually really sweet and then I had to break down all his illusions and he was like stunned that that's not how it, how yeah, that's, it was. That's shocking. It, it, it points towards how much less interaction that he's had with members of the other sex. It and does. that's why I, I would presume that he would be just as awkward talking to another woman who would be an Indian and in this case because it was a white woman he simply did not have the tongue to say anything more but see in India hmm. the interaction would be tempered by reality you're tactile see th- there's hmm. always this difference between the book and real life it happens in religion the book tells you something you can never leave yeah. it, so real life is different it happens with theoretical books on anthropology hmm. anthropology tells you something like that but it's real life becomes shades of grey about yeah. it. It's like that here. That would have been tempered by reality of right. his growing up. Whereas suddenly being transplanted from rural Punjab mm-hmm. into a urban white environment, mm-hmm. the culture shock would have been, you know, he, he had it to have been assume... Immense. But, but in this case, I think he did need some help. He needed to talk to someone about it, express his yes. feelings to this other person. And, I told and then him, should have asked, am I doing the right thing by going out and say... No, 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 but woman. it stopped after yeah, that. And, you know, I, I brought him to that lady. He apologized mm-hmm. to her and blah, blah, blah. And then we put him into counseling because, you know, 
in Australia, you, you no, recognize these things. Yeah. And you, you have um, social facilities which allow you to go for counseling and things mm-hmm. like that. It's not treated, it's not stigmatized like mental health issues are in this country. So, I mean, that was happy. I think That's it was a happy an ending. Interesting I sort of an anecdote. But yeah, yeah it was, it, I thought it was a happy ending, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Abhijit, thank you very much indeed for talking to us. You know, culture and society, it's, it's a huge, huge topic. And, you know, Indian culture is something that fascinates us. We, we love everything that we do. I mean, the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear. You also look at the West as well, because that's that's how we should be. Yeah. Because we should. Because I think Gandhi made a very interesting kind of a comment, because I would like to end with that. You know, he said, our culture should be like a house, which has a lot of doors and windows. We love what we have. But we should also be open to what comes in from outside. Huh. I generally agree with that. So thank you, uh, thank you for having me on the uh, podcast, Mohammed. It was great fun. But just to add one thing mm-hmm. that I completely disagree with Gandhi when it comes to food. I'm a food <laughs> purist. <laughs> And so I don't agree with this Punjabization of Indian food with not at all. Piaz, lassan, Tamil Nadu. Adrak, uh, uh, tamatar, garam masala. Tamatar mak- to hum America se laate hain. Tamatar to yahan ka hai nahi. Haan hai nahi. Uh, you know the first recipe for tomato is actually for sacrificed human thighs oh, Aztec uh, recipe. For yep. chocolate, chili and tomato that is the first known recipe. Yep. Bernardo de Sahagun conquest of Mexico written <laughs> sometime in 1600 and something. But that is the first known recipe for all of these. But you know I I'm a great purist on Indian food mm-hmm. and Indian food used and to be like Italian food, food. It used to be very simple. Yeah. Only one or two spices which used to sing. And now I see hundred spices used. I'm like, yaar, maar hi dalo mere ko. You remember that yaar, Punjabi guy at cricket? Maar do mere ko. Maar do. Oh, maar do. Maro. Pito. Maro. I'm like that. <laughs> All right, Abhijit. A pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very great much. Great talk. Thank you. 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 Thank